everybody, and welcome to the Study and Games podcast. This month, we're going to be talking about Lifeline 2, published and developed by 3-Minute Games. My name's Tanner. I'm Brad. I'm Olivia. I'm Joe. And I'm Robbie. All right, so Lifeline 2 is a uh, an adventure text messaging game uh, where you help a young woman uh, who is a witch uh, and guide her through her journey to try and, you know, uh, fulfill her magical destiny. Uh, and so this is part of our series on mobile games. Um, and this was my pick this month. Uh, I, I picked it primarily because I, I think the, um, the messenger format is something really interesting that's pretty unique to mobile uh, platforms. Um, so we can go around and get everybody's uh, sort of initial takes on the game. Yeah, I can start first. Um, first of all, I should throw a couple of things out before we get too deeply uh, deep into this. One, uh, we're still under the COVID-19 lockdown and we're all recording via Zoom from our own houses rather than from the round table the way that we usually do it. So if the uh, volume and the, the uh, audio sounds a little different, that's why. Um, the second thing is there are going to be tons of spoilers because this is a heavily narrative rich game. So if you haven't played this yet, as always, stop listening now, go out and play it um, on your mobile device. Uh, totally well worth it. And uh, then come back and listen to us. Um, so, okay, so having said that, Lifeline 2, um, I really, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. I had played Lifeline, the original before, uh, I think uh, at least a couple of times through to get the different stories, um, or maybe even more than that, because I think I lost that one. The seems like the stakes were higher in that one, if I recall. Uh, mm -hmm. You could you could you could lose. Just you could go down a path and be like, oh well, that just I just lost. Um, and this one didn't seem to have that high of a stakes. Um, but I, I, I did enjoy the way that it played out the narrative. It was instantly engrossing to me. I think the characters or the character, um, the main character that, that does all the talking and communication with you um, was uh, simple and com but compelling. Um, and I just, I, I really liked it. Olivia, what do you think? Uh, yeah, so I um, I hadn't played Lifeline before, uh, but there's not really, just in case anyone's curious, it's not an actual direct sequel. It's uh, it's just like another game in the same format, so you don't have to play the first one to play this one. Um, Good point, yep. Like Final Fantasy. Just like that. <laughs> uh, but, uh, and yeah, I really enjoyed it too. I'm a big fan of these sorts of games, and I think it's a shame that there aren't more of them. Uh, I... Uh, I did, uh, this game did some interesting things narratively that I want to talk about. Um, uh, but yeah, but so this, the format is really, I think, one of the most interesting things about this game. Okay, I'm up. Um, so I, uh, like Brad, have played the original Lifeline. Um, and I had the exact same feeling about the stakes because I killed off the character 
<laughs> you said lost. I'm just going to say killed off the character in the yeah. first one more than once. Yes. Sent him to a place where he got trapped under a rock or where he ran out of water. I think I know that rock. <laughs> <laughs> Many bad things happened to him under my watch. Um, so, yeah, I was expecting those kinds of stakes in this. And, and at least from my play choices, I didn't hit any of those kinds of deadly roadblocks. But um, I'm curious if anyone knows if there are any. Um, I, I enjoy this one, but not as much as the original. Um, and we can talk a little bit about why that was. Um, I also really want to talk tonight about the tone of the, and the language used in the narrative, um, because it was really actually quite similar to the kind of, I'll just say snarky tone of the original. Um, the kind of weirdly lighthearted and snarky tone. Um, mm -hmm. So I'd want to talk ab about what I what we maybe think about that. So, but yeah, it's a great game, and the first one was fantastic, and and they're well worth playing just even for the design of them. But um, but there's some interesting stuff to talk about for sure. Uh, yeah, I really liked it as well. Um, I think that it had the right sort of um, like time flow that I would want from a mobile game. Like I could get in and then the time investment wasn't super harsh and I could get out at, really at any time that I wanted and then revisit it and jump right back into the action. The, the story and the narrative pulled me in and I'm interested in, I don't, I'm not sure if I would have liked this as much if I wasn't currently sort of semi-isolated from the outside world, if you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, I think that sort of played into it as well. But um, it, it was it was great. I enjoyed my time with it. That That's interesting, because uh, that was, I had sort of the opposite take in terms of uh, how the lockdown has affected my enjoyment of it. Uh, because when I played the first game, it was definitely something that uh, worked really well for me to fill in like idle spaces when I was doing other things. Uh, but I actually found it, I was having to, to remind myself to play it uh, because I've been at home the entire time. So there, the, there didn't feel like as natural of like lulls in, in my activity to sort of be like, oh, well, I can flip over and, and play this uh, for a few minutes while I wait on this other thing. Is it is it because during the lockdown it's all just been one big lull? Everything's a lull. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> In My whole life lull. is a lull. Even when you're working, the the busiest you are, it's still yeah. a, a lull. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely sort of blended all together a little bit. Uh, right. So that that was definitely an element for me, um, and it's actually kind of ironic because it's taken up most of our season on mobile games. Uh, so you know, <laughs> not that they implicitly have to be yeah. out in the world, but uh, it's, I think, definitely a factor worth worth uh, discussing in terms of how it's affected the games. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. So I actually feel like I might be the one dissenting voice in that I was not compelled by the narrative at all. Okay. Like, I, <laughs> I absolutely, I, I, there's a lot of weird contradictions with the like world logic that kept happening. Uh, it felt like there was one correct way to get through everything, mm -hmm. but it wasn't presented that way. Yeah. Uh, the reason that happens is I actually, the first choice that I made in the game, I got killed <laughs> or she got killed. Oh, and oh wow. So 
it was like literally the first thing I did. So I was like, okay, so why did they even give me the option at this point when it was like a totally like innocuous decision? I decided to go hitchhiking and immediately got murdered. Okay. So, and I was totally taken aback by that. That's actually the only time that that happened. Right. But it totally soured everything. Yeah. Like it made me feel like, okay, I just have to pick the right thing rather than sort of seeing the narrative. Right. And there's weird stuff about like, I still never really bought into the whole premise of why she was asking for my help and why I was expected to know whether or not she should, because I use magic or not, because I didn't know the rules of how, (laughs) what the consequences would be. Uh, And there was stuff like that, that, that made it to where I was just sort of not super invested in what happened. I just sort of picked something randomly and then let it happen. I also really just thought, she was sort of insufferable. Like I was just, (laughs) I was something that I just totally was not into that. So I was really just compelled to sort of see where it went, but I just, I feel like I'm the only one that I was just really like, I don't like this person and I don't know what the, the fantasy rules are. So I don't know what to tell you to do. Like, you know, well, uh, I have a couple of thoughts on that. So I'm going to just throw those in really quickly and then I'll let other people talk. So my first thought is I, I definitely feel like the application of this design um, worked a lot better for me in the original Lifeline. Um, I agree. It felt like it was a, a really smart application of, of the kind of t- the mechanics. Um, and this felt more forced to me. Um, but I also, <laughs> I also um, <laughs> thought there was a chance that we might hook up at the end. And so I was, <laughs> I was compelled by that for a good yeah. chunk of the narrative, which well, is so- really true in almost every game I play. <laughs> So I, I, after you saying that, Olivia, I absolutely, yes, I totally agree with all of that about the character, about the way it was presented, about the illogic, illogical uh, uh, story of the magic and how you're just also, how you're just kind of thrown into it. Like you go from, oh, wow, I hear this voice to full on being invested in this person's magical journey, like, like super, super fast. And, but I have to say, like, looking back on it, yes, all that's true. But I have to say that while I was in the game, wanting to know what was going to happen next kept pulling me forward, kept, kept me engaged enough that I was really, I pretty easily suspended all of that kind of disbelief and all of those uh, uh, narrative conceits uh, to, to, to get into it a little. Yeah, you know? and definitely, and I don't, I actually, I didn't hate it. I just really didn't like it. Like every single random pop culture reference made me roll yeah. my eye. Like they were constant, constant. And every time I made a choice, like it doesn't matter which thing I told her to do. She was mad at me for making that choice every <laughs> single time. Like she would just be like, oh yeah, you're going to make me do this. Like, okay, wow, you're stupid. Like she was just, Wow. I just wow. had this horrible, was, I was just like, fine, then I won't nice help to me. you. <laughs> every- <laughs> Everything I said to her, she was like, that was really smart. You're, you're a good person. I bet you're yeah. handsome. I don't know like, what I did. Like, what, maybe, are you, what are you wearing right now? Maybe she remembered that the first thing I did was get her killed by somebody. That uh-huh. And then whenever I rewound, she was like, I don't think I should do anything this person's telling you. You guys did get off to a bad start. Oh, God. Uh, so, yeah. 
<laughs> so there's actually there's a lot of reasons why I was able to be engrossed by this game, but I'm I'm glad Joe spoke up about this first. But <laughs> part of it for me was honestly like, okay, I'm overstating things a little bit for comedic effect. But <laughs> Arika, that's the main character of the game. Um, well, first off, hold on. Uh, Olivia, you're totally right. It is a little bit contrived um, for, in terms of like what's happening in the game. Yep. Um, and I do believe just from, I never played the first Lifeline, but just from what I know, it does seem like that's a little bit more justified. This just seems like a random person starts talking to you and they tell you that they have magic and you're supposed to just believe the rest. Um, like it could just as easily be you're insane. And that's apparently never explored. Yep. Um, but, you know, so, it, but if you just sort of believe that premise, you know, the, the rest of the story kind of hinges on you believing that premise. So yep. it's sort of, you just have to do it. And, but after I, that, oh, go ahead. Oh, I, I think the pop culture references really did it for me. Like, Arika is, is like close to like my, my dream person. <laughs> <laughs> Aww. Yeah. So like, My like God. just all of the random pop culture references. I was like so happy that there was never one that I didn't get. It was always like, <laughs> that was great. But see, that was I awesome. it's, to me, it just felt like the writing was such that they were trying to get you to feel that way. Like, I think they like, totally were. They were brought up at random times and it didn't make sense sometimes. Right. And but, it was just every single potential like. I just, it just made me roll my eyes every single time whether I got them or not. I just couldn't handle it. I, I, I think the thing is that, I mean, I, I fully believe, or not believe, but I fully agree that that is an obnoxious character trait. But there are p real people in the world that have that character <laughs> trait. <laughs> That's true. And, and so, so to me, a lot of it felt um, relatively natural. Like it really did feel like, oh, this is a conversation I might have with a friend. And to me, it was a combination of things, right? Like it was that plus the me not buying into the initial premise plus her not taking her own adventure seriously. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. Like it, it just got them. I just couldn't. I just, I don't know. There's just something well, about the combination I, of things that I, I think got into it. for me, like, I mean, everything you're saying is accurate, but I also, at the same time, I think everything Robbie's saying is accurate. I uh, know, like, I think so like, too. What, what's fascinating to me is I think you could totally reskin this as like a dating sim. And yeah. you, like, like the whole conversation, like if you, if you set aside the kind of life and death nature of what she's going through, this could just as easily be you sitting with someone who you know a little and you're like at a, on, like at a cafe watching people and you're just like making fun of them. And so like a lot of the dialogue to me feels like it's, and I think, I think for me, when I sort of at the beginning said that, that the, there was the snarkiness of the dialogue was, was in some ways bizarre when set against the, the narrative, like the kind of plot. Um, mm -hmm. Like I, like Robbie, I kind of enjoy parts of, of that. I, I enjoy the kind of banter. I enjoy the kind of little witty quips, but yeah, they feel really weird when somebody's like, okay, I'm, I, I'm starving. I haven't eaten. I'm like, I have to cut myself with a knife every time I want to do a spell. Right. <laughs> but hey, what did you think about Greece? It's yeah. a pretty good movie, yeah. right? So <laughs> it, the, the whole game makes sense to me. And this is, I mean, again, probably too much. But 
the the whole game makes us makes sense to me if you assume that the two of you have crushes on each other hmm. because then those little those little moments like uh kind of make sense yeah right or or i mean i guess in the conceit of the game they never they never really spell this out but if you just assume that that connection that you two have has value i guess and yeah. and Maybe for me, I'm just projecting it because she's my dream girl. <laughs> but I think the idea is that if you just buy into the fact that the connection you two have has value, yeah, then those little asides kind of make sense because it's like, you know, I'm on this dangerous quest and you're sort of the only person along with me. And I just want to have some sense of normalcy occasionally. Yeah, which is reminiscent of something like Firewatch. Um, I mean, I think some, because there's some of the same kind of dialogue stuff going on in Firewatch. And I also had a crush on the Firewatch woman. So in both cases, I was like, I want to be having banter with you, but it's hard for me always to believe it. Um, it feels more like we should, you know, be bumping into each other in the coat room than yeah. that you should be about to die from, you know, a crazy <laughs> monk who keeps appearing. Um, but yeah, so, so it's, the question for me is how do you set that so it feels plausible? And, and Firewatch, I think, does a really great job of making me believe both the situation and the, mm -hmm. the kind of connection to the other person on the, on the end of the line. Yeah, and, and to me, I feel like this game, again, like I don't feel like there's inherently like a problem with that type of character. Like even somebody, you know, the sort of leading woman, I guess, who's in this dangerous situation and still making one-liners, right? Like that's totally, especially for the sort of genre that this is in, like yeah. I totally buy it. But I just feel like there wasn't enough establishing that and I don't know just really just the the whole hang-up of being like you're asking me for help for some reason and then telling me every choice I make is wrong and also not explaining to me the potential consequences for each choice yeah I uh, I just couldn't I just was frustrated and, and the that first was team go ahead Robbie no well that was something that sort of jumped out to me too is that you know we do have this connection and we do seem to be like growing as friends and it just seems like a natural thing in the dialogue to say like if i do this this might happen or like here here's what i know about my magic but that never happens it's always like well should i do this or should i do that and it's like well i don't i don't know i'm not i'm not a witch like i don't know what you're asking about <laughs> yep yeah, I, I think the issue was was mitigated somewhat in the first one because it it implicitly frames you as uh, sort of having a degree of separation from who you are to the game uh, because it's more of like a sci-fi survival situation. Uh, so so it sort of frames it as like you're getting this transmission through like your ship and you're just the only person who's close enough to hear it. Uh, whereas this really does feel like, oh, this person just started texting me on my phone. Yeah. So, I mean, and like yeah. one of the differences that this game, this one and the other one, this was the first one that you could name yourself. So, it is, it does ask you who you are. Like, yeah. And and it, I, you know, you're free to put in whatever answer you want and play whatever character you feel like you're playing. But in a sense, essentially, it's not creating a character for you the way the first one did. It's. It, it's putting you it's putting you in it right yeah and and yeah it's just it's there's just a weird dissonance i feel like and i i still don't feel like it was completely unsuccessful it's just a different sort of story right and that's totally yeah. a valid thing right i wouldn't have expected them to do it exactly the same with the exact same sort of 
you know, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to fault them for framing it differently, but just the actual tone of this just for me made it really distracting and it made it be not motivated to keep playing it. Hmm. So I have a question for you uh -huh. because this is something I wrestled with when I thought about some of the same things that you just brought up. I, I feel like there was a meeting. I don't know how many people worked on this, but I feel like there was a meeting where they where they were trying to decide if there should be a, a stronger, um, I guess, prologue or that if that opening act should be longer as you get to know uh, this witch better before proceeding. Do you think that would have helped you or do you think you would have more quickly tuned out? I think it would have. Like, I think it would have made more sense to me if, like, the first couple of conversations held off on the snark a little bit to have her explain the situation. I mean, because she, do she does explain what's happening, right, and why she's talking to you, right? But I just feel like, yeah, I f a more, a little bit more exposition and more time to figure out who the character was would have helped. Yeah. I, I can I can appreciate their desire to just jump into the action and the actual like game of things, but I so much of this game hinges on the one character that you actually interact with mm -hmm. that I feel like it it would have been worth putting in the time to build that build the player's actual relationship with that character and let them see who this person is, what the world is before proceeding. Yeah. But I also well, feel like there would be some people that would just drop off because of that. Well, there, I long. think there are ways, there are ways to do that in the middle of the narrative too. I mean, so one of the things that I think is, is I think sort of problematic if we're just going to, we can just really go after the narrative for a bit. Um, so the pacing of this game for me at least was it was you were always faced with a new sort of action oriented decision right so it's like every time you get a little bit of dialogue and then it's like what's the next decision and i think and all of the decisions in some ways felt like they were on the same level i mean there was some variation in terms of the stakes but it felt like every decision it was like okay um you know, am I going to starve or am I going to eat something? Am I going to take this path which could kill me or this other path which could kill me? And I think potentially what they could do or could have done is, is you could have introduced some of that backstory into the middle of the narrative with some low, some points where there was like a lull in the action essentially, but lower stakes decisions. Yeah. Where you're just like talking about, you know, uh, I, you know, I found some gum in my wallet and <laughs> I don't like, how, you know, like really kind of mundane things that give yeah. you details about the character. And she's like, Oh, I found this note from my mom or something like you like, but I'm not sure I want to read it again. Cause the last time I saw my mom, we had a big fight and like, there are ways yeah. to, to shape the character in the middle of the narrative if you're willing to suspend the action and and that's just basic pacing that you and could. i expected them to do that when she was like all right now i'm gonna walk 50 miles <laughs> and check in with you every couple of hours but like it was just her talking to herself to you for that mm -hmm. time like and there was not and 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 spouting off pop culture references to let us know that she knew them you know uh but and, and that's not to be totally disparaging like it really wasn't that bad um but like just as an example of that like so almost every time you have to travel to another location she's like do i walk do i teleport or do i uh, steal a car, right? That came <laughs> over and over again. 
And but she's like teleporting is clearly faster, but there are consequences. But I'm like I I wanted to know what those were. <laughs> like <laughs> I I never ever chose that because I always felt like that was like unless I knew what the consequences. Yeah. I almost always chose the riskiest path just to see what would happen. Yeah. <laughs> just to just to break it. Well, after like I the first time I was like, okay, go hitchhike, and she instantly died. I was like, okay, we're not taking risks anymore. I guess you're well, gonna walk into your feet. I, I tried to put her in as much danger as possible so she would need me more. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's how I roll. I think it's interesting how much of it is, uh, you know, like the, this format sort of has to be character driven in a lot of ways because it's just it's just talking pretty much. Yeah. Um, and you know, before I picked Lifeline, I looked to see if there are many other games in the genre, and there aren't a lot. Um, Which like is also have... surprising because it's so simple on at face value, right? There's not yeah. a whole lot of super big programming or graphics. I mean, it's pretty much just like your your typical like interactive fiction, but with like mm -hmm. t timers, you know, built in. Yeah. Uh, which which to me really adds an interesting layer to it. Um, you know that that sort of excitement of like when you're, you know, texting somebody new, uh, or messaging them, and they're sort of like, oh, they sent me something. You know, I need to check it and reply and and all that. Uh, so that layered with so much of the way anybody's communicating right now uh mm -hmm. being that way like even more than normal um definitely impact how i played the game mm -hmm. uh i was i was a little less excited to have another text conversation with this ai character wow uh, <laughs> way to brag <laughs> <laughs> not that i'm talking to that many people anyway but i was you know sort of like well i would rather actually like hear someone's voice or see a face yeah uh just more so than normal um and, and so that's that's interesting because yeah i really again i talked about how i still feel like i mean because like you said there's not many other games that have experimented with this so uh, so clearly there's like, you know, there, there are certain like bounds they're trying to stay within, you know, in terms of being a sequel to a fairly successful one that did this thing. Um, but yeah, I just, I do wish that they did a little bit more with it. Um, cause I did notice that often she would tell me that she was going to be gone for X number of hours and it, and then she would message me back in like 30 minutes and then if I didn't open it and check it, nothing, it, nothing happened, right? Like, so she would sit there at that point until I checked it again. I actually really, I feel like I'd be much more compelled to play a game like this if, like, your time away from it actually mattered in some way. Um, yeah, I think that it's interesting that it, the way that it does something that uh, other games don't do with time like this and communication, but I think that, I feel like you could do a whole lot more with, with this kind of time and uh, spreading it out more, uh, making it just more complex and kind of convoluted and uh, less direct with the way that she's doling out the narrative to you. Um, and I don't know, maybe it would be too boring for people to play, but maybe it could be engrossing enough that a game like this could actually take place over an entire month like 
literally over a month and you put in things that are that are meant to be for real time yeah um, and i and i actually only know of like one other game that does that um is, and it's a that? it's mystic messenger and it is a dating sim <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. the whole game is is essentially that right i yeah. think it's not a month i think it's two weeks but essentially like there's different characters that will be messaging you over different contexts and your options are usually a b or to ignore them and if you ignore them for that day, like that has narrative consequences, right? Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and that sort of extra layer um, really, I mean, it, it makes the narrative more difficult to write, obviously, because um, it's just more content. Uh, but I find it so much more compelling and it's so much easier for me to feel like, like, obviously they're not real people, right? But it feels like that's sort of what these games are going for in some ways yeah. of making them feel more real than like a regular interactive fiction by introducing this time element but but uh but yeah this game i sort of didn't feel that for some reason well it's an interesting line that it's treading here right on the one hand it's it's pretty close to high high modern fantasy right um i mean more than pretty close it's, it's high modern fantasy on on in the style of the 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 narrative itself but on the other hand it is trying to present itself to you as someone speaking to you and i mean why else put the time delay in you know why so it, but it's mixing both of those um genre is not quite the right word but uh it's it, it's presenting you with something that's clearly a fantasy narrative and you, this is not a real character and it's uh someone is telling you it's a it's a it's a means for someone to tell you a story um but on the other hand it's putting in these uh these time elements that that draws it out um so it's it's interesting that it's doing both of those does that make sense yeah yeah so, no maybe <laughs> no it makes sense so like i mean truthfully that that all kind of worked for me like it it did sort of feel to me like oh yay i got i got a notification from this new person and let's see what's what's happening um you know just and and i think that mostly or not mostly but a good chunk of the reason why i enjoy that so much is because of sort of the the quarantine semi-isolation that we're all in right now um and i i don't know to, to me it it kind of worked um, but that that was actually a small part. A bigger chunk was when you mentioned the high modern fantasy. Uh, I uh, have read and reread the the White Wolf book for Mage: The Awakening, which is like a, a uh, it's like a storytelling role playing game. Mm -hmm. Pretty much exactly this narrative, which is like you know there there are hidden forces in the world. Um, there, there are mages everywhere. There's magic everywhere, but it, they, they're hidden in little shops that you normally ignore. And even mundane people have magic sometimes. And so, like this, kind of touched on a lot of those um, things that I've just always enjoyed. Yeah, yeah, I can see that too. Yeah. The setting is really interesting. Honestly, I can't really think of other games that take place in this sort of setting. You know, other and it's kind than of a shame. Yeah, honestly, I mean, yeah, I, I think it's cool. Um, other than like, <laughs> I guess, 
the do I guess the Harry Potter games count? Well, yeah, that's, <laughs> I was, was going to mention that thing. too because because there there's literally a wizarding world. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like the idea is that there there are whole sections of continents that Muggles just sort of ignore and don't know exist. Mm-hmm. But the the idea of this is like no 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 they live in your towns you know what I mean and they yeah they li- there's these shops that you know sometimes you go in and you buy a regular item but it could be right next to a magical item and you just don't know it. it it's interesting, Robbie, that you mentioned the uh, Maids the Awakening and and uh, bringing it in context of role playing games. Um, there were several times in it where it felt like uh, the game was was just a role-playing game. When it would describe things and then ask me what I wanted to do, it felt like a, game, a, a dungeon master right. uh, uh, leading me through kind of... Now, I have to say that not a very good... An original dungeon master, I guess, but not very good at the choices. Um, <laughs> so I've, I've, I have played some D&D games where the, where the game master has had a very clear... Um, uh, uh, clearly defined linear story that they wanted us to go down, and no matter what we did, we would not <laughs> not get derailed off of that story train. And that's the way this kind of felt, right? So I, um, that, that brings up something I'm curious about. So I'm actually not sure how divergent the story is. So there's like, so she sends you on a quest, right. or she, she doesn't send you on anything. She sends herself on a quest uh, to get three items right that's sort of the initial setup right. uh how many of those three items did you guys end up with one i'm just about to get the second one yeah so okay so so did anybody get the the lantern i yes. did not get the lantern no you did, did. get the lantern okay see i thought so I wasn't sure. So the way that it was set up, it felt to me that what happened was just the way through, <laughs> and that not ending up with the lantern was just the way the plot went. <laughs> so it's interesting. So it is possible to. It, I imagine that that is probably the big determiner of sort of the ending that you get. Uh, have oh is, maybe. Well, the- well, let me let me back you up just a second. Yeah. So. Olivia and I, we didn't get the lantern. Joe, you said you did or didn't? No, I got the key. I got the key, yeah. And I never, yeah, I, I just got to the third place and I haven't. The, the ribbon? Get, yeah, I hadn't yeah, I was gone on my way the to get encounter the, yet. The nasty ribbon. Wow. Yeah, that's I'm exactly even, where I'm at. That's exactly where I'm at. I'm not so, even sure how, what choice I made that would have led to me getting the lantern first. That's Well, so um, was it choice? That's, that was going to be my question. Was it choice or did you lose the gambling or win the gambling rather? Because I lost. Yeah, the I see. I thought the gambling was like was rigged to always lose. It's, like it's just, not. It was just presented in a way to where it felt that way. Right. I I actually had to go and check that up online, and oh. you can win the gambling. It's random. I did yeah. not bother rewinding because okay. I was like, oh, it probably is just the way it is. Like that so, was the so choice. Did, from- did you go to the shop that had the lantern first? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That that's what I was that's what I was confused about. I was like, oh, but, I thought. Wait, I you also didn't? saw you guys online. Just all okay. I yes, also saw online failed. that you don't necessarily get the quest in the same order. Some people oh get. Oh. Uh, some people get the the monastery first. That's what I got. Um, there's what? a. Yeah. yeah there's oh, a little thing where it pauses when she's first telling you about the three things that she needs. She says, first we'll do, and then there's this little dot dot dot. 
the monastery. Yep. First, I need to go to the monastery, or first, I need to go get a lantern. Uh, huh. Or I think she says the key. We have to go do the key first. Yep. Uh, but it. But I. I. I think that that's all. Uh, that's all randomized. Yeah, because I was about to say, I don't even know what the items were until it was like my current quest. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. so that's interesting. So I I do like that. You know that sort of variance. I don't. Yeah, know. me too. Uh, but yeah, I was really just curious if the outcomes of them were <laughs> essentially linear, because it did sort of feel like because because yeah. the whole thing in, in the first lifeline, right, is you're trying to make the right decision so that he doesn't die, and there's lots of different ways where he yeah. can die. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Whereas this one, it felt like you're still sort of doing that puzzle of getting through it, mm-hmm. but just the way that it, it just felt like there is either a right way or a wrong way, but I just got through it, you know, like, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I also felt like, um, I mean, I, for me, the first lifeline was sort of transformative. Like I, I loved, I couldn't wait for the next message from it. And I, I'm, I've been trying to think about what the differences between the first one and the second one. And, I think part of it for me is that I expected the second one to explore the space more. So um, for for instance, I don't feel like the, the developers have spent a ton of time looking at all of the advances in say interactive fiction or, so, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you look at the early games from like Infocom, right, and how they advanced over time, um, like from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and Zork to some of the later, and even to t- today, where like you've got games like um, it's, the name went out of my head, but there's that game where you uh, that came out last year where you you go onto a space station and all of the all of the terminals are being run by an AI and you talk uh, to the oh, Tacoma. No, uh, <laughs> Wait, no. <laughs> I played Tacoma with you guys. Also, <laughs> also yeah. Tacoma. No, uh, but uh, uh, something zero. Yeah. Right? Yes. Uh, event. Event zero. Is um, it? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess what I wanted out of this sequel was that they would explore the potential more. Um, and it just didn't, it, it felt if anything like less explored than the first one. Like, yeah, um, it was very, so the mm-hmm. actual, if you take out the, um, the time element, it's mm-hmm. just a really basic like tree. Like mm-hmm. it's not even, you know, it's, it's, other than that, there's not really anything interesting going on. So if so, so not being super compelled by that narrative, I yeah, there wasn't a whole lot interesting about it. I mean, there is the one move where they do the time loop, um, which is sort of like the maze in uh, in uh, is is the ma- is it in Zork where the maze is? I can't remember. Anyway, so did you guys get to the time loop in the in the monastery where you keep going through the same passages over and over and over again? No, I just oh. got in and got out. Like, <laughs> yeah, no. Okay, so there's That's a part of, there's a part in the monastery where you get caught in a time loop, and so you keep you keep going through the same three passages over and over again, and. Huh. Eventually, I did it like four times in a row, and finally, she comes in and she's like, "I think we're in a time loop." <laughs> she's, like, she's like, "This reminds me a lot of that episode of Doctor Who where they had a time loop." <laughs> I was like, "Does it?" <laughs> and then she's like, "You know how they got out of that one?" And I was like, "No, I don't." Do I? And she's like, "Well, they did the same thing twice," and I was like, "Oh, really?" And she's like, "What? Maybe we should try that." <laughs> <laughs> I said, let's try that. And it turned out that was the way to get out of it. Um, 
<laughs> anyway, all of that's an aside, but it, it, for me, that was the only sort of non-linear, non, and it was, for, it was kind of fun, but then the fact that the only outcome of it was that she had to tell me basically how to get through it felt, uh-huh. um, because I had tried like every variation of the three passages, because I was thinking it was a maze, mm-hmm. um, but it wasn't. And it's anyway. also apparently completely optional, because I didn't have that happen at all. Yeah, I guess it depends how you explore, like what mm-hmm. rooms you explore. Um, and I, I ended up in like this passageway that connected the, I don't remember the names of everything, but the, the outside <laughs> to like the sleeping quarters. When she was like, I know what this part of the <laughs> monastery is called. Look it up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was. That There's going to be a quiz later. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but so I guess for me as a designer, what's really fun about playing a game like this is thinking about all the potential things you could do with interactive yeah. fiction. Yeah, the potential is timer. very exciting. Yeah, and, that, and to think, well, you know, with a little time and energy, like at a game jam, it would be fun to make one of these that's timer-based and, and do some more with the, with the design of it. Um, yeah. Or play Mystic Messenger. Where <laughs> <laughs> uh, cute the... boys will send you pictures of their cats. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I do think that honestly, a dating uh, game could be a have, have a bit of a broader appeal for this mm-hmm. format, right? Like, yeah. there, if there's multiple people to talk to, you can get along with them or not. Uh, there's no there's no buy-in beyond just like this is the person's personality you know do you want to keep talking to them do you want to piss them off like uh i I think there's a lot of appeal to using it in that format too i think there are games like that i mean i know there are right uh and and like olivia mentioned there's mystic messenger but i i haven't been able to find many other examples with like the the time element Oh, with That's, the time lunch. Yeah. 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 Okay. So anybody listening there at home to the podcast, if you know of a game that fits this description, uh, type it out. Uh, tell us about it on Facebook or on our website because we want to know. We want to know. Hop on our Discord. Because yeah. yeah, as part of this, I know at least Tanner and I like actively looked for more of these games and they're just hard to find if they exist. So, Are there more sequels to Lifeline? Yeah, there's about six or eight lifeline games. oh are there that many I thought some like of them yeah some of them use the same characters but there's uh lifeline whiteout silent night flatline one and two at least uh do any of them have Arica of... again <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'm just know. curious i actually don't i, I am know. also I know curious the the first game's protagonist gets i think two sequels do we need to make a dating sim with, with this Arca character <laughs> for you guys? <laughs> with the various lifeline protagonists. Well, I do have to ask Joe, when we first started talking about this, and you may or may not have been joking, I'm, I'm still, I'm still, I'm never really sure. With Joe. <laughs> but when we first proposed this game as the game of the month for this month, um, you were worried that it was going to be too creepy, spooky, uh, all of that kind of stuff. Um, whether or not you actually were serious about that, what was the creep factor for you guys? Was there any at all? Did you? How did you feel, Joe? 
Uh, no, I didn't feel that at all. Um, the and, tone for me totally got rid of any potential yeah. creepness. Yeah. Even yeah. with the weird monks and stuff, she was just like, oh, there's this this guy with a hood with coming at me. <laughs> like, right. you know, it was yeah, not. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the narrative, the kind of dialogue dissonance, right? I mean, yeah. if, if she had been terrified, I think I would have been more terrified. Um, but she never seemed concerned about anything. Um, right. I, you know, that brings up, I actually think a horror setting would also work pretty well with these sorts of games because there's an urgency yeah. of somebody being like, help me, yep. you know? Yeah. And it, it looks uh, like some of the other games experiment with that. Like, it looks like Lifeline Flatline is a, is a horror-themed one. Uh, and there's also like a murder mystery. So some of them, it, it seems, get a little bit darker or a little bit uh, more dramatic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's gigantic, huge potential for that, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I was just looking at the description for the horror one. So it, it has like a simulated heart rate monitor uh, for like, as you make decisions. Um, that, you know, that seems pretty interesting. Yeah, so that's cool. I do, again, I feel like there should be more experimentation with other mechanics in conjunction with this, right? Whether that is like resource management or something. You know? Well, yeah, yeah, and there are also a lot of scenarios that fit this really well, right? Like, mm -hmm. so, so the horror scenario, like getting someone on their on their phone, right, when they're in a horror situation, makes a lot of sense. I also think you could do a nine one one. I mean, obviously that's a little uh, risky, but oh, yeah. like like a nine one one type thing. Um, mm -hmm. I also think it would fit really well with like the kind of true lies spy model, like where you're mm -hmm. like an everyday person who gets caught up in a in espionage because you happen to be at the wrong place at the wrong time. Mystic Messenger yeah. does that a little bit too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're really pitching that. It's aren't you? everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, I think it would be interesting to see uh, them bring in some sort of more complex mechanics beyond just sort of the interactive uh, fiction elements. Uh, because I mean, so the, the time delay or the, the you know, time measurements are something that, you know, a lot of mobile games do, but it's re it really feels like a negative thing usually because it's, you know, you can pay to get it removed and it's just kind of keeping you from the action. Uh, but I, I, I feel like there's just more ways that you can, you can make that a positive experience where it builds tension and gives you these resting periods away from the game that are, you know, conducive to, to building that more positive experience rather than just putting up arbitrary roadblocks in your way. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting thing, too, because, I mean, if you think about it, um, yeah, it's not, like, I feel dumb for not realizing this earlier, but, like, most mobile games have time elements, right? And it's something that gets complained about about mobile games, right? Like, the, okay, wait 20 minutes and you can get this resource from this crop again, right? Uh, but this is definitely different <laughs> than that. Uh and, and, but yeah, there's sort of, I guess, a scale of how you can use time as a mechanic with mobile games. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like, you know, I, I think that the, the sort of way that's received, right? Because uh, I don't think that those delay mechanics would be great if you just couldn't pay for them, right? If they weren't just trying to get you to, to speed the game up with money. 
but I, I still think I, I don't I don't have a great example off the top of my head, but I, I, I really feel like there's some room to explore, you know, especially on mobile devices where you're probably not going to be playing for extended periods of time at once anyway, uh, to make that a really positive thing. Well, right. and somebody mentioned it earlier. I, I actually think the potential for um, critical timer events in a game like this could be pa really powerful. Like, let's assume for a second that somebody's playing this as a kind of casual mobile game. And then they get a message that says, oh my God, like, you know, they're in a meeting, right, for work mm -hmm. or something. And they get this message that says, you need to help me right now. But they can't. And they're invested in the game and they're excited about it. And as a result, the, you know, the protagonist gets like, you know, like loses her arm or something. And, you know, like making that mandatory, I think, you know, some people might be turned off by it. But at the same time, I think for some people, it would become this powerful, like, link to the narrative yeah. to know that so at any real moment... Life yeah, at any moment you could get the call that you're going to save this person's life or, or make something really powerful, you know, positive happen for them. And that to me would be a much more, you know, compelling experience in some ways than just, okay, well, when I get to it, I get to it. Um, yeah, so absolutely. And I think there's a middle ground there because I feel like you can do things like give them a five hour window before the negative consequence happens. But so just a spitball. What if you do not give them a window whatsoever? Like you have to treat this person like they're a real person on the other side. And the server logs your IMEI number, so like your actual device, and makes it so that if if you if the character dies, that's it. Like when, when you try to when you try to start again, oh it's gone. Gosh. Like you cannot play this game a second time. And that would actually motivate someone to be like to treat it like, no, I have to end this meeting. I'm sorry, I gotta go. Yeah, so I'm and as 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 ridiculous as it is to demand that sort of attention from players as just sort of like an experimental yeah. thing, I find that so compelling, right? I absolutely, because yeah. I mean I know that in the past, it, like for game jam for global game jam at least, they've had elements of that, like you know, just to sort of see how that changes someone's experience. If you can create true urgency, mm -hmm. you know, I, I mean that can clearly be used for bad things right of just punishing people for not being able to but but i still feel like it's it's really narratively compelling well and you you could design that i mean you know you can you can uh, kind of prep people into it right so the first the way to do that is not to give them windows for everything but for the first couple of things you can give them a narrow escape right and you'd be like oh my god you why didn't you call me back um, and and then the the protagonist is basically like if that happens again it's going to kill me right you you can prep them narratively so that they realize that they they got away with it the first time or the first couple of times but now they're out of luck and so so there are ways to not just spring that on somebody but make them realize that the stakes are that high um you know even by like i mean there are ways to do it with you know psychological damage or or even physical damage, right? Like in film, you'll often, someone like loses a finger or something, right? And you're like, and oh my God. <laughs> it doesn't even have to be that though. It could literally just be the fact that they remember you ignored them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, that can be enough to to make a really big- Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, I, so I think there are ways you could design it where people wouldn't, they, they would feel tragic. They would feel really- hurt when it happened but they wouldn't feel like oh the game robbed me they would know that that was a potential consequence of them ignoring you know 
ignoring it. And that by starting the game, they were kind of getting on the roller coaster, um, you know, with, 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 without knowing what's going to happen necessarily. And I, I think people would, would enjoy that. Some people. I mean, when, when you meet a person, you're sort of doing that same thing. And like, if, if you have a friend who is in crisis, you also have to make decisions like, am I going to let this person's crisis become my crisis? Like if, if you're really trying to build that kind of narrative, yeah, it could be really powerful to do that and to make them decide like, you know what, actually this meeting is more important to me. Sorry. Right. I was just thinking, am I going to let this person's magical quest become my magical quest? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> do I really want to go on a trip to a monastery with you? I don't think I do. <laughs> or I do, Check but I'm in, in this meeting. Exactly. <laughs> well, and, and especially in relation to these, uh, the sort of like dire circumstances or, you know, like locking you out based on if you fail or not, uh, a really appealing idea to me is, is sort of mixing in procedural content. Um, so you could build almost like a roguelike scenario in which you can keep playing, but there, there are elements of this that are going to be unique to each playthrough. Yeah. Uh, so even even if that's more narrative oriented, or if you you have some more uh, sort of uh, it, or I guess more complex uh, gameplay mechanics in there, uh, I think that opens the window for for replayability, but still sort of maintaining those stakes. I mean, at, at one point with what you're talking about, do we not cross over into the line of AI, right? Scripted right. AI to some degree. And I, I don't think Artificial it would necessarily be be infinite right uh but you you could give it a nice uh variety to pull from uh to, to sort of generate these circumstances uh it, it, this would probably skew less narrative uh than some of these other other approaches but i don't know part of me still wants to make a game that if you mess up you mess up sorry yeah <laughs> yeah i got your 99 cents <laughs> there were some flash games like that um because they yeah. they would save it would they would save not to browse not to browser cookies but to like a like something that's buried deep in your app data folder that most people couldn't erase and so once you failed that was it yeah those yeah. flash super cookies have you guys ever played like arcade games that cost 25 cents <laughs> when you die you die and it's over well yeah <laughs> and you, you have could to always put another 25 being... cents in right <laughs> yeah well that's the way these apps should do like 99 cents you gotta pay 99 yeah. cents again <laughs> the next door oh, but, but with a timer yeah. that's like counting down to <laughs> right right <laughs> <laughs> But I do love that potential um, because I also think that if you finished a game like that, it would it would be like a Dark Souls moment for people. They'd be like, you know, I I I got beaten up and knocked around, and I took this protagonist on this adventure. And I got fired from my job because from walking out of meetings. <laughs> exactly. like, I don't care. It's been a journey for both of us, really. Right. I'm not doing those TPS reports. I've got to save someone's <laughs> life. And I think you could do a, a long form structure as well, right? Like if, if Lily's garden can put out, uh, yeah, uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so many puzzles a week, you know, you, you would probably catch up, but if you structure the game so that you're going to have quite a bit of time in between segments anyway, yeah, uh, you, I think you could definitely have sort of an ongoing series. Yep. 
and episodic would be cool too, right? I mean, if you have the, as, as Ravi pointed out earlier, if Arika shows up again, um, and it's a sort of episodic thing, but a plausible one, right? So it's not like, mm. oh, now, like, I, I got you off the moon, and now I got you out of that sunken, you know, submarine, but like something with a little more plausibility. It could be really cool to have kind of episodic, you know. She shows up, and she's 20 something and she's you know uh just getting out of college and looking for a, a, sure. a steady a mentor she turned 18 the day before right 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 she feels like she's she never really had a father who you know <laughs> oh boy now this is this is creepier than than the actual game that you were worried about being sure. creepy. Yeah, so. no, I, I'm just I'm saying these are all things that are hypothetically what sure. You yeah, do. and then you you well if you had like a long form game like that you might end up with like the Animal Crossing problem. So like if it's persistent and there's multiple day breaks between things, some people are just going to like move their system clock forward. Oh, right. uh, and right. I don't know that that's really a problem that's worth worrying about, but right. well, you can sync it to the server clock. Like there's there's yeah. ways around it. But then you have the issue of people can't play it offline. But True. who cares? But again, like you wouldn't receive a message from a friend <laughs> if you were offline. Uh, yeah. You get you get them, Ravi. Get them. <laughs> <laughs> so that would be part of it too like you can't go on vacation like you can't go camping while you're playing this game <laughs> no right? you're not allowed to <laughs> well you can just your person is going to die yeah right you exactly okay you have to make that, that choice yeah. but i he text I mean, you at 4 a.m you better wake <laughs> up i have to say though for like that's the emotional space that i think is worth exploring and absolutely yeah you know? i do mm -hmm. and so let's make that tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> well i mean i i think one of the biggest takeaways uh of this whole game is and sort of the most enlightening part about this whole game is the potential for all the different directions that you could go into it and i think this more than any of the other games that we've played uh this this uh this series or this uh what is it season rather uh yeah this is the one that i think we could all very clearly sit and come up with a gazillion different ideas and different directions and different possibilities of how to do it. Um, and not, not in a way of trying to do it better, but just doing it better in an inspired kind of way. Uh, yeah. And I, th I think it's an inspiring game in that, in that sense. Yeah. I mean, that's the one thing maybe as I, as we kind of wrap up the, this is the game that gets me most excited as a designer, I think, mm -hmm. because it's the, it's the kind of game that I would want to make. Um, Whereas Lily's Garden and and Sultan King of the Sultans and, <laughs> and some of the others, while they're games that that I, I might play for a bit, it's not like I'm thinking, oh, how could I like this is my genre. But but games that have narrative exploration in them, I'm like, oh my god, that's that's what I love thinking about. So yeah, yeah. So it's definitely a game that connects to me on that kind of designer level in, in a different way from the others. So yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I guess my closing thoughts would be similar. Like, I, I feel like of the, the most of the games we played this season, this one leaves me the most inspired. Um, even if I had weird nitpicks about the literal way that the narrative is portrayed and everything, uh, but it's still a really interesting game, and it's a really compelling format. 
And I think it really does some of the stuff we've been looking for, which is things that are unique about mobile games. And we haven't really talked about this, but I don't think this game would work on PC. Uh, but oh, yeah. it yeah. works really well on mobile. So you I have really... to have it in your pocket. You know, you yeah. have to have it right there with you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, just for that reason, I think it's worth playing and thinking about. Uh, and I'm glad we took the time to do that. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm going to, I will just continue what I, uh, the thoughts, it is inspiring. Uh, and I think there's a lot of directions that you could go with this, uh, thinking about how to do this in a small, super efficient, tiny, but compelling way, but also how to do this in a huge months long uh, additional content, keep adding and, and uh, continuing. Uh, there's so much, so much space uh, in there. It's very, very interesting to see what else, what the next, uh, sort of the next iteration of these types of games is going to be. So yeah, I really enjoyed this game as well. Um, I like, I love the setting. Um, there's a lot in there that speaks to me, and I wish that there were more games that were basically set in the modern world and treated magic the way this um, this game does, with maybe a little bit more consistency with how it treats that magic. But that's a small nitpick. Yeah. Um, I like the character, and I like the um, the sort of uh, relationship it tried to build there. And I I, I I'm just gonna you know, echo what everybody else has said. I wish there was more going on here and that really excites me. And there's there's so much more to do in this space. And truthfully, you know, these games only started maybe a few years ago. I think yeah. over time we will see this be explored and it would be cool if we could also explore that space. Yeah, and you know, to sort of sum up uh, my thoughts on it, I share a lot of sentiments with everyone else. Uh, I mean, the first uh, Lifeline game uh, I played it five or six years ago, and it, it stuck with me uh, for a lot of the reasons we, we've talked about here. Um, I, I didn't enjoy the second one quite as much as the first one, but there just seems to be so much potential uh, in this, this format. Uh, you know, and I was shocked to see that there hadn't been uh, more explore exploration here already. Uh, so, you know, I, I really enjoyed uh getting to to take a refresher on it and uh talk about it with everybody so i think that wraps up this episode um there's one more uh episode this season uh for next month we are going to take some time and sort of walk through uh the bits of of mobile game design uh that we like the best, what we didn't like, talk about sort of how we would put those together. So uh, participate next month. You can hop on the Discord or leave some comments on the website. Um, chat with us about, you know, what you like about mobile gaming, what you don't like, and uh, what your sort of ideal uh, game would be for mobile devices. So until next time. Uh, the music that you're hearing underneath us right now is uh, Brown Loafer, I believe. Plain, by Kevin. Pl Plain Loafer by Plain, Kevin McLeod. <laughs> Plain Loafer by Kevin McLeod is yes. just what I meant to say. Yes, that's exactly it. Um, and and uh, we will see you guys next month. Again, if you did play this game with us, 
tell us on our uh, Facebook or on Discord. Uh, let us know what you thought. And until next time, bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.